apologize. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, they're gonna see some serious shit. I have a plan. You got a plan. I have part of a plan. It's your weekly dose of all things geeky. Class is pain 101. The instructor's Casey Jones. Movies, comic books, movies based on comic books. Excelsior! Video games, toys, TV shows. Professional wrestling. It's still real to me, damn it! <laughs> All the things you got made fun of for in high school. Come on, you fuckers think that just because a guy reads comics he can't start some shit? So grab your action figures, bag and board your comics, and roll for initiative. It's time to talk nerdy to me. Hello, Internet. <clears throat> Sorry. Sorry. Hello there. There you go. That's better. <clears throat> can't half-ass it. Just because it, we're down <laughs> two people, you can't half-ass it. Even no. though we're half-assing it, you can't half-ass it. We're not down. We just drop some dead weight. It's going to be fine. <laughs> Trim the fat, as it were. <laughs> uh, it's a lean and mean to talk nerdy to me this week. Uh, it's just myself, Obi-John Kenobi, and our resident expert on all things guns, beer, and titties. Yeah! Sporting his amazing St. Louis Battlehawks hat. Yeah, if, you don't, if you're not watching the XFL, you're fucking wrong. Because football's not over. We, uh, we're we starting to hold this cycle now. Yeah, we're not in that lull period where there's nothing to watch but like amateur bowling and like cheerleading competitions. Like There's still a professional sport, and it's football, and it's on starting Saturday. And there's no way it's not entertaining because worst case scenario, it's a giant train wreck and you get to watch it happen. It's still football. <laughs> yeah. Like I can watch little kids play football and be entertained. So Even the last XFL that went under was still fun to watch. So there you go. We and Julian are rooting for the uh, St. Louis Battlehawks. Uh, the show is supposed to be cheering for somebody else because they tweeted at us or something, but we forgot who it is. So we're back in... The St. Louis, all the way, baby. With the coolest colors and the coolest logo, uh, St. Louis Battlehawks. Yeah, suck it if you're for anybody else. Sounds Especially like you, Dallas. You're going down Sunday, sons of bitches. Battlehawks sounds like a cartoon from the 80s. Like, I feel like I have a Battlehawks action figure somewhere. It's that, oh, Battle Cats. Wasn't that oh, one? shit, man, that's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Battle Cats was awesome. I love it. But, sadly, that's not what we're here to talk about. Uh, we are actually here to decide this week to do uh, a segment that's going to be a recurring thing. <coughs> uh, now that the gloves are off, uh, something we've done before, but we'll be doing it a lot more. I've got a whole list of, of franchises to, to do this with. But this is the first state of, uh, so you know how the president gives the state of the union. We're going to be doing the state of, insert franchise here. And we're kicking things off with a big one this week. Uh, because there's a lot to digest. I've got three pages of notes, and that's just, don't forget to mention this, don't forget to talk about this, because there's a lot. This is the state of Star Wars as of whatever today is, February, whatever. Uh, I have 129 written down. We did not record that day. <laughs> uh, fifth third. At the time of this recording, here is the state that Star Wars is in. First, we're just going to take a quick deep dive shallow dive we're gonna dive in the shallow end of the pool dip our toesies in the <laughs> that cold was 2019 in this recap what did we get this past year um two big ones of course we got the rise of skywalker the end of the skywalker saga supposedly and we got the mandalorian uh which one you want to tackle first 
We'll go you with Rise of Skywalker. choice. Because <laughs> it's first on my notepad. Uh, so Rise of Skywalker, as of a week ago, was at $1.04 billion worldwide. Uh, hey guys, Obi John here. Quick correction. Uh, I'm about to erroneously say that Star Wars Rise of Skywalker is the second least grossing Star Wars movie. I don't know what I was thinking. I read my notes wrong. What I meant to say is Rise of Skywalker is the second worst reviewed film underneath uh, or just above the Clone Wars cartoon movie. It's a 52% at Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Clone Wars is an 18% and I believe episode one is at a 53%. That's what I meant to say. Uh, I don't know what I was thinking. I read my notes wrong. So there you go. Thanks. Uh, which, even though, hey, it's a billion dollars, that is the second lowest Star Wars movie. Um, below Clone Wars. Uh, second lowest uh, Clone Wars. The, the When they released the, the Clone Wars CG cartoon as a movie to kick off the show, that gets counted in the, like, Star Wars theatrical release shit. That's the lowest. <clears throat> second lowest is now Rise of Skywalker. That's the company it's in as far as box office. Goes. That actually got released in theaters? The yeah. The Clone Wars movie? They took just like, like the first two episodes? Yeah, they took like the first four episodes, yeah. cut them into a movie. Yeah, it's it's bad, but... Uh, it's also got a B cinema score, which is uh, the lowest if you don't count the Clone Wars movie. <laughs> which I don't, because that's bullshit. Um, so, yeah. Mixed reviews on this. Uh, some people loved it, some people hated it. I don't think it was as divisive as Last Jedi. Um, but... What did you think? I was thinking about this on the drive over here, and I was just like... Because I got super excited about the original trilogy, and we all know what a giant steaming pile of dog shit that turned out to be. And it was okay. <laughs> I remember being super excited, super excited, you know, staying up late, going to midnight releases. It was awesome. Then I remember uh, going to see what was the first of the new trilogy. Episode that, 1 in 99? No, no, no. no, 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 no. Force Awakens? Force Awakens, yeah. <laughs> I remember going to see it five different times in theaters. Five fucking times. Sounds about right. Yeah. That's the most I've ever seen a movie in theaters other than, yeah, anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I love going to the movies, just like, not as much as you, but I still love going. That's that's the only movie I ever saw that many times. And then came The Last Jedi, and I saw it a couple times. And this one, I don't know, I was excited. I was, I don't know, my expectations were tempered. I wasn't expecting a lot. Um, and when we went and saw it, it was good. It wasn't great, uh, and it did not inspire me to go see it multiple times. Um, I kind of wish I'd seen it at least one more time. Um, I just think it relied too heavily on nostalgia, and it it just went way too fast trying to tie up way too many loose ends. Um, my biggest complaint, which I know they, they took care of it in the title scroll, or the scroll right after the titles, but how in the fuck did the Emperor come back? Yeah. Who brought him back? Is he in a clone body? Is he in his original body? Is it Luke's dead body? What the fuck <laughs> is the Emperor doing? How did he come back? I need a novelization or a comic book or a video game or something that explains what the fuck happened. And, I mean, I get General Snoke. General Snoke was the red herring. I completely understand that. That's fine. But I need to know more about the Emperor other than, oh yeah, the Emperor's back. And then you see a bunch of clone vets. Yeah, yeah so, uh... So we never did our, we, we, we've done a year-end Star Wars review the last few years, and we didn't really do that. So some of this is just kind of unloading some of the baggage we've been carrying. But uh, when I first saw it, and we were together the first time we saw this one, um, my initial reaction was, I liked that. It was, it was, 
very much a sequel to Force Awakens, not necessarily a sequel to Last Jedi. Yes. Um, and I'm not a fan of Last Jedi. So my initial viewing was good. I liked that. It, it, it progressed things kind of. And, and, you know, we're getting the payoff to stuff that we didn't necessarily get the build up for. But that was the th- second movie's fault because it didn't do anything with those characters. So whatever. The more I watched it, because I ended up seeing it four times in theaters, because I'm me, uh, the plot holes start to stick out that much more. Uh, it, it, it relies a lot on, just don't think about it. <laughs> the Emperor's back, don't think about it. Yeah, Don't worry about it, it's fine. <laughs> uh, hey, you remember Nyub Nyub from uh, Return of the Jedi? <laughs> He's in it for two seconds. Remember don't. all the good times you had when you were seven? Yeah, let's re- let's rely on those yeah. to propel us La- through another Lando's movie. Lando's going to show up in the third act with the whole army. Where did you get that? Don't think about it. Yeah, there are horses. Don't think horses about it. in Star Wars. Don't think about it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, even even I mean a lot of people's criticism for um, Force Awakens was there's a lot of nostalgia and not a lot of necessarily explaining of the plot, like where the fuck did Anakin's lightsaber come from? Because uh, fuck you, it's not Ray's lightsaber, it's fucking Anakin's saber. Get it right. And if you call it Luke's lightsaber, I'm going to punch you in the arm. If you call it Ray's lightsaber, I'm going to punch you in the face. That's Anakin's. Bitch. It's the lightsaber that he used to slaughter younglings with. Yes! Yes! There's blood all over those lightsabers. Goddamn right there. It's good riddance that fucking lightsaber. Ah, sorry. Um, I had a point and I lost it because I went on a rant about lightsabers. So we must be on track for talking nerdy to me. But I mean, uh, when you bring up lightsabers, like... We don't get any uh, fucking explanation about Ray going to get a yellow kyber crystal. Where the fuck did it come from? They killed, they destroyed Ilum because they were using it as fuel for the Starkiller race. Where the fuck did she get a that, yellow kyber crystal? That perfectly fits into, hey look, she has her own lightsaber built from her staff and the blade is yellow. Don't, yeah. think, don't think about it. Yeah. What the fuck? Don't think about it. <laughs> look at this cool thing. Don't think about it. Um, there's a lot of that in this movie. And, and while... Just turn your brain off, sit down, and have fun. I think it, it, it checks those boxes. I love the first act where it's uh, Finn and Poe and Ray and BB-8 and Chewie chasing MacGuffins, having an adventure, kind of fighting the Knights of Ren. Uh, like that whole, the full like first 45-ish minutes, I was like, this is fun. This is a Star Wars adventure. I like this. Uh, and then it all just starts to fall apart after that because there's a lot of don't think about it moments that pop up. Uh, and you can tell they were trying to, I think it hurt that it came out the same year as Endgame because the 2019 was the year of endings. You know, it was Game of Thrones is ending. Star Wars is ending. Uh, the, the Infinity Saga is ending. There's a bunch of other stuff I'm probably forgetting about that were ending. Um, Avengers Endgame, I would argue, had a lot more stuff to tie off and did it successfully which kind of set up, okay, well, this this new uh, Star Wars isn't just trying to be the end of this trilogy. It's it's pitching itself as the end of the saga. How do you pay off an entire saga's worth of movies when you really haven't touched on the rest of the saga in this new trilogy? Other than, hey, look at this character. Or name drop here, or member berry here. Like, it hasn't really built... You know, like, look at Luke. <clears throat> he does shit in Force Awakens, because he's not in the movie. He's in one shot at the end. Okay, fine. Second movie, he's a grumpy old man. He's drinking the green titty milk. <laughs> yep. Uh, we finally get, you know, Ray pulls him back into the universe to, to come join the fight. He's dead. <clears throat> yeah. It... <laughs> 
They're all worried about the fucking yeah. books, and then the books don't show up ever again. Yeah. Like the sacred texts of the Jedi. Like, I guess fucking Ray just downloaded them, stuck them in her pussy, and run off with them, because, I mean, what the fuck? We never talk about that again. Me and Scott were talking about this. Uh, that would have been a great explanation for why the fuck Ray knows how to force heal. When no one in the entire, and I'm not talking expanded universe or comics or novels or bullshit, I'm talking just from what we know from watching the goddamn movies, never happened before. Uh, it pops up in The Mandalorian, which that episode debuted like a week before, so it was sort of like... Uh, like Is it the week before or the day of the release yeah, of the movie? right before. Uh, so I guess it isn't the first time we ever saw Force Healing, but still... Uh, have her reading about that in the Force, te- uh, the the Jedi text. That's a perfect explanation for where that came from. Why nobody else knew about it? Because, uh, and that's my biggest my biggest problem with this movie is in its attempt to pay off the entire saga, it ends up doing the exact opposite and cutting the legs right out of the original trilogy. Uh, the whole motivation for Anakin and why he turns to the dark side in the prequels is he's trying to save Padme, and the only way he can do that is to go to the dark side. He's the chosen one who brings balance to the force, even though he's not the chosen one. <laughs> yeah. uh, chosen one. But if force heal exists, then he doesn't have to go to the fucking dark side. So that takes away his entire motivation for becoming Darth Vader. Okay, don't think about it. Because remember, that's the motto of this movie. Don't think about it. Shh, don't think about it. <laughs> the fucking Emperor is still alive. Luke's big triumph was turning his father back to the light side and having Vader throw Palpatine down the bottomless pit to kill him, to redeem himself, to bring balance to the Force. But hey, guess what? That doesn't matter, because he's still alive somehow. In their attempt to to somehow tie this movie into the rest of the saga, it cuts the feet right up from under the saga. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. Like, they, A lot of this shit could have been answered in simple one-offs, and I wonder if they were going to do like some Snyder Cut bullshit and release like a three or four hour version of the movie once it comes out that they go back and answer all these questions. Like, literally, you could have Ray sitting on the toilet, taking a shit, reading one of the sacred <laughs> texts. She sets it down to get the three seashells from Demolition Man. <laughs> and it's on the page that says, Force Healing. There it is. That's how she figured it out. She was literally taking a shit. She read it. Now she can do it. Easy. But no, I get what you're saying. Like, man, we, we set up all this stuff. We had 33 years of time to, you know, ask all these questions, come up with these scenarios in our head. And uh, it takes two hours and 27 minutes to shit all over them. So. And I really feel that, I don't know if J.J. Abrams or whomever it was, Kathleen Kennedy, any of them, they were just fucking sick and tired of doing these movies. Well, that's, that's the other big thing behind this is, depending on what you want to believe, at any one point in time, there were as many as four different cuts of this movie being screened before studio execs or test audiences. Um Literally, like, the week after it came out, there was a rumor that uh, the cut we saw in theaters wasn't even J.J. Abrams' final cut. It was the cut that Bob Iger liked, the head of Disney. Um, take all that with a grain of salt. He's no longer the head of Disney, so go... Uh, f- didn't he step down? He, or? he had, I think, 19 was his last year. Yeah. Um, Fuck but- you, Bob Iger. <laughs> it's Baby Yoda. <laughs> Fuck you. It's not the child. <laughs> we'll get to that. That's next. Um... But yes, the, the the production of this movie, no matter how you slice it, was a clusterfuck. Uh, and, and if you look at the the biggest issue with this entire saga, um, and that's the thing that I have to go back up, is while I can enjoy Rise of Skywalker on its own as a movie, as just a direct sequel to Force Awakens and Forget Last Jedi, I, I can enjoy it. But 
if you try to look at, okay, how does this movie stand up as the third part of a trilogy, either as the third act in the sequel trilogy, or if you take each trilogy as one act of a saga, how does it hold up? That's where I think it stops holding water. That's where I think all the holes come through, all the, the plot holes and the, the don't think about it bullshit starts to really weigh the movie down. Say what you will about Last Jedi, and I've said plenty about it on this show, and I probably ah. will I probably will going forward. Uh, there are giant chunks of that movie that are absolute dog shit, worthless crap that just spins its wheels, but the director had a clear vision of the story he wanted to tell, and he told that story. And whether you loved it, hated it, or in between, whatever, it was one clear vision. I cannot say that about Rise of Skywalker. This was not one clear vision. This was movie by committee, movie by fan reaction, by internet troll bullshit. Um, way too many outside factors influenced this movie. And as a whole, this entire last trilogy was way too much influenced by the fans and online bullshit and studio executives and too many too many uh, uh, cooks in the kitchen. It was a fucking trail mix of a movie. Like, you stick your hand in there, you don't know what the fuck you're pulling out. Because, there's, <laughs> like you said, there's way too many influences, there's way too many member berries, there's way too many tying this bullshit up, bringing up new shit, introducing new fucking characters, nods to fucking uh, Felicity and other bullshit series that <laughs> had nothing to fucking do with Star Wars. Just because we want to appeal to other fucking nerds, it's just... God damn it, man. The more I think about it, the more aggravated I get. When I was there, in the moment, watching the movie, it was fine. Everything was fine. I was drinking that shitty Star Wars wine. <laughs> or the Skywalker Ranch wine. I don't like wine, and it fucking sucked, but I did it. Choked it down because I'm a man, god damn it. And uh, I was just there in the moment. It was cool. Like, Babu <laughs> Frick was okay, I guess. I don't know why he's like the <clears throat> new cute little character, but... What's the other new droid? Like DB D one zero or some bullshit? Whatever he Do is. or whatever. Do yeah, yeah. or whatever. He was like a dog or something. He's fucking he's just, stupid. Just there as a plot point. Yeah, it was yeah. dumb. I mean, what was it? Fallen Order. Whatever the droid. The droid in that was way better because it made oh, yeah. way more sense. Um, yeah. It, but obviously, we'll get to that later. But it's just, god damn it, man! The potential was there. They. Just like you said, though, way too many cooks in the kitchen. You had way too many flavors. It was like a fucking pinata. Just you don't know what the fuck was coming out next. And it was just... It's a sad way to end the trilogy and the saga because it really was just wiping their ass with it so they could... It honestly felt like... Just like with Game of Thrones Season 8, they wanted to be done, and they kind of rushed through it. They had a timeline. They hit it. Yeah. Whether it was good or not, they didn't care. They just wanted to be done. And I, I do not envy anyone who had to work on this movie because it, it was an impossible task. Uh, as much as Endgame was an impossible task, I think this was maybe even more so. Uh, just it would, I don't envy anybody. And, and as we've seen, uh, the original plan was... <clears throat> Abrams would produce all these movies. There you go. He's on. He's on drink number two, kids. Yeah, the rants are gonna get even better now. <laughs> the rants are coming off. The drunker Julian gets, the better the rants get. Uh, the original plan was Abrams would produce, and they would have a different director for each film, like the original trilogy did. <clears throat> Colin Trevorrow, maker of uh, Jurassic World, was supposed to be the writer director of this third movie. I have to play this card because it's too much in my wheelhouse. There has been, leaked online, I can't find it yet, yet, I'm still looking, uh, his original draft of episode 9. And I'm going to say, before we get into this at all, huge caveat with this, 
there's no fucking way that script was ever going to get made. If for no other reason than this script was completed about a week and a half before Carrie Fisher died. So as awesome as that screenplay is, was, could have been, it would never have gotten made. That being said, it's an interesting look behind the curtain of where the original thought process behind episode nine was going to take us. And I haven't read the whole thing because I can't find it all. I'm still looking. But from what I've read... Uh, from the, the, the plot breakdowns, the uh, the leaked images from um, uh, concept art and stuff. Even even if you would have had to make huge changes to the script because you lost Carrie Fisher, I still think that uh, Trevorrow's original idea of what the third movie should be is much more what fans wanted. Even in little things like locations, we go back to... Instead of inventing yet another fucking desert planet the third goddamn desert planet that isn't tatooine uh we go back to in the original script we go back to coruscant what does coruscant look like under the the rule of the first order um we go back to the jedi temple like we go back to locations and places we've been to before which is what you want for the end of the trilogy just like tony stark says part of the journey is the end when you get to the end you want to take a look back to how you got here Part of why Endgame was so great, tons of fan service, but done well because we literally went back into our own timeline and played, hey, remember the original Avengers? Hey, remember the, they did that, but they did it well. Um, you get things like Rey building her own lightsaber throughout that movie. Like She starts doing with her own, she's cobbled together lightsaber from the broken Anakin saber in her staff. She has that throughout the movie. It, it pays off the whole, you know, the entire fucking reason Luke sacrifices himself is, is to bring hope back to the galaxy. Because now he can be the mythical figure that unites everyone against the... Uh, which is what that whole scene at the end with the kids playing with toys. You know, Broom Kid. That's what that whole scene is about. Is Look, the, the legend of Luke Skywalker is starting to see... That new script pays that forward. The first time Rey pops up and ignites her lightsaber, you hear people that she's saving say, Oh, it's the Jedi. It's the Jedi. Like You see that carried forward. Whereas in Rise of Skywalker... You'd think that would be the one plot point they really want to carry forward. Is it the whole legend of Luke Skywalker? Nope. whole plot point in Rise of Skywalker is we called for help and nobody came. Yay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so again, I, I, I haven't read the whole script. That script, as written, would never become a movie. But even in that, even... And they had that as a blueprint to start with. J.J. Abrams, when he came on and took over, uh, when they fired Trevorrow, uh, which I would love to know the story behind why that happened, they had that script as a roadmap. <clears throat> they at least could have taken ideas from that. According to Chris Terrio, or Terrio, or whatever the name is, uh, the writer of your favorite movies, Batman v. Superman, uh-huh, and Justice League, because those were fan favorites, People loved those movies. I don't hate them, though. <laughs> but I would you, but I would you hire them. that guy to come do Star Wars 9? <sighs> no. Exactly. I would I would try and find out if Erwin Kirshner had a grandson, and then maybe, or a grandchild, <laughs> try and get them involved. Goddamn. Even if it's a bad idea, it's still better than some of the shit that came out. They, for Force Awakens, they brought back John Kasdan, who wrote... Um, uh, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, and at least the first two Indiana Jones movies, mm-hmm. they brought him back to do script write-ups. He wrote the original draft for Solo. Uh, his son did Rogue One or something? 
Why the fuck wouldn't you bring them back? Why wouldn't you let ask Filoni? Dave Filoni's already damn, the golden yes. child. He was handpicked by fucking uh, George Lucas to take over. We'll so that. why not allow him to fucking step in? We'll suck that dick in a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave Filoni's got a sweet dick. Uh, uh, but, but, yeah. but back to your point, though. Yeah. Like, Endgame felt like a labor of love. It felt like the Russo brothers had spent, you know, the better part of a decade working on it. And they loved the characters. They loved the, the uh, universe they'd built. And it was, it was the penultimate thing was for that to go out this way and they were throwing just like you said they were doing throwbacks but they weren't cheesy they weren't stupid they weren't hey look look at this there's nyun yub does anybody remember him because he was awesome he was in two movies before he never said a word you could understand he's got them big fucking lips but that's all you got but then like this movie it didn't feel like anybody cared like yeah uh what's his name john boyega said he was happy to be done with star wars he was never going to do anything star Which, wars related again look at him do impress for force uh force awakens where he's like he's the star wars nerd who got to be in a star wars movie and like you know he's having uh um harrison ford sign his action figures and shit and then look at him now yeah he's all just of like six years later where he's like no i'm done with this yeah he's wearing he looks like uh Akeem, the African dream, when he's showing up to the red carpet affair, and he's just like, what the fuck is going on? Daisy Ridley doesn't give a shit. She wants to go do more Agatha Christie stuff. Like, she just doesn't care. Like, nobody really cared. Like, when Carrie Fisher died, they probably should have just stopped making the movie. Like, Billy Lord was awesome. She's only in it for, like, eight seconds. Rose Tran was in it for, like, four, 27 seconds or whatever it is. And it's just like, all the people that seemed to really care about Star Wars were in it for about eight seconds. Yeah. And then everybody else was just like, fuck you, let's cash this paycheck and get out of here. Yeah, uh, let's finish this till we're done with it. But on that note of finishing till we're done with it, we're going to put a pin in Rise of Skywalker and move on to the thing we all loved from 2019 regarding Star Wars, the first ever Star Wars live-action television series from the people who brought you Clone Wars and Iron Man 1 and 2, fucking Mandalorian. you goddamn right. So this was probably the biggest surprise to me this year because I honestly had zero expectations going into it. I was like, fuck, we're doing a Mandalorian, so it's going to be around Boba Fett or it's going to be about Sabine or it's going to be something stupid. And it was slow. The first ep- first two episodes were super slow and they're only like 28 or 29 minutes long. I think one episode was like 33 minutes long or something. I was like, what in the fuck are we doing? Why are we doing a half-hour TV show on Disney Plus with a fucking character who never takes his helmet off. Like, it doesn't make any fucking sense to me. I get who it is. Uh, what's his nuts from Game of Thrones? Like, he's, fat, he's fantastic. <laughs> what's his name? Uh, Pedro Pascal. Yeah. He's fantastic. He's a sexy human being. Why would you ever cover that face up? But the more you get into it, the deeper you get into the mythos. You learn about goddamn Baby Yoda. You learn about the rest of the Mandalorians. The fucking armor. She's a fucking bad bitch. Like, you learn about the, uh, the mystique of the Mandalorians and why they don't take their helmets off. Why... All of a sudden, we figure out Boba Fett and Jango Fett were just a bunch of fucking copycat pussies yep. that weren't actually Mandalorians. And it's just... It, and again, Filoni and John Favreau, two guys who love Star Wars, live and breathe Star Wars. This is what they want to do with their life. This, If they never do anything else but Star Wars, they'll be happy with it. And it shows in every single episode. And this, this show did fan service in a way that I wish Rise of Skywalker would have taken notes from. Like, we revisit locations we know and love. Like, there's an episode where we go to Tatooine. And we're going to, uh, um, I can't think of names, most likely. Um, no, we don't go into the cantina, but we're there at the spaceport. We're on a planet we know. Uh, it brings back in things like the Jawas. 
um, the Ugnats, like things that you know from the original movies, Twi'leks, um, Twi'lek, whatever it's called. It brings back races and creatures and locations and things you know from the original trilogy, from the, the prequel trilogy. It expands on them. Like we've seen more of the Jawas in this than we have in any other movie before this. Um, but it yeah. takes the things you know, but expands on them, gives you more of that and in, in, in a new package. Uh, all while at the same time introducing you to a brand new character you don't know anything about yet, making you give a shit about this character despite never seeing his face till the last episode. Spoiler. Uh, which I still think they shouldn't have done. I'm okay with it. The way they did it, we can talk about it later, but the way they did it, I think, was well Good. done. Yeah. Um, and, but, so it brings back the things you know and love about the original Star Wars, but layers in a whole bunch of new stuff, and it kind of changes up the genre. Um, this is not about Jedi versus Sith. This is not about space wizards and laser swords, even though there's a little bit of laser sword. Uh, <laughs> spoiler. Um, this is the good, the bad, and the ugly. This is the man with no name trilogy. This is a straight up spaghetti western in the Star Wars universe. And it's everything you could ever want from that. Yeah. The genius of Lucas's original Star Wars was it was this weird mashup of samurai movies and westerns and world war ii dogfight movies and all these you know flash gordon serials all these random things lucas loved as a kid tossed in a blender hit pra bam now you have star wars and mandalorian felt very much like that it's lots of tropes and characters and archetypes from different genres mashed together and and it's still very much star wars but this is not a space opera this is a western yeah and they did it very well. Again, you hit on everything that I loved about the series. Like just like you said, spaghetti. I love westerns. Everybody knows that, and I love Star Wars. And you put the two together, and it's fucking fantastic. It, just like you said, it's a man with no name. Uh, he's riding out by himself, taking on a mission. It's basically a suicide mission, but he always gets the job done. And he has a code that he has to live by and to honor, and that he will kill his friends if they did, or if they uh, renege on a deal. And it was just the way that they did callbacks and celebrity cameos and th- and uh, yeah. callbacks and everything like that was actually the way you should do it. Mm-hmm. The, the way they did it in fucking, um, just like we said in uh, Rise of Skywalker, was just, it felt heavy-handed, it felt ham-fisted, it just felt forced. But for some reason, it seemed way better in the Mandalorian. Like, even Game of Thrones tried to do it where they would have, like, Ed Sheeran and all these other fucks that would come <laughs> in, and it would kind of break you, it would kind of, like, rip you out of it's the universe and bring it. you back to reality. Like, why the fuck is Ed Sheeran sitting there playing a lute talking about being a Lannister man. But in this, like, you hear voices that you recognize, and there may not be A-list actors, it may be B-list or whatever, but you recognize a lot of them. And it became kind of fun to kind of go through an episode and see who's going to pop up next. What voice am I going to recognize? It made, it gave me a reason to dive deeper into the episodes. I was getting on IMDb to see who was listed, who wasn't. I was that, looking up uh, character design. That Prison Break design. episode was oh, fantastic. Oh, Prison Break was fantastic. Yes. Uh, I can't even call this a negative about the show, but it's my one gripe about it. Not enough people died. Like, nobody dies. It's like a comic book. You have all these fights and stuff, but nobody ever really dies. People get hurt. People get put in prison. But nobody ever really dies. And I get that. You want to bring back for the second season whatever you want to do. But kill somebody. I mean, even Boba Fett got out of the fucking Sarlacc pit. And it's fucking aggravating to me. But Maybe. And the only time we, we acknowledge death or people um, giving up their identities is when we see a pile of Mandalorian helmets, but we don't know if they're actually dead. All we know is that they took the helmets off and they faded back into society. That's all we know. Well, and you had a robot die, but I mean, the robots weren't human, so... Yeah, that's... they. As so the Mandalorian starts out very much as 
the guy who's on his own side. I take that back. The last episode, he killed a couple people. I take my but yeah, he he starts out very much that way. And in Star Wars, there's certain you know it's okay to kill a stormtrooper because they're nameless, faceless automatons. Uh, so you, you can kill them all day long. Um, but anyone who anyone who has a, a face and a name and a, you know like we've we've seen for more than five minutes, anybody and, that can be turned yeah. into an action figure, yeah. or a pop vinyl, or a recurring that. character, uh, you know, a guest spot we can bring back in season two. Yeah, and that's that's like from you know the first couple episodes, you believe like anyone that Mando meets, there's a chance he could kill that person because you know he meets IG Eleven, and then by the end of the first episode, puts one through his eyes uh, or in the back of his head or wherever. Um, I love that jailbreak episode, but my biggest gripe is that at the end they're all still alive. Like, yeah. no, no, he took all of them out. Yeah, like, killed every one of them. But you know that that's going to come back in season two. They're going to have them. They broke out of prison, and now they're after him. And okay, fine, because. Um, Dave Filoni is a mastermind. And, you know, Clone Wars is a fantastic series. Rebels is amazing start to finish. So this is a guy, Dave Filoni, the the producer, I think he wrote some of the episodes. He might have directed one of them. Uh, he's a guy playing the long game. Uh, he's not just trying to make a season of TV. He's trying to make, you know, I'm sure he has an account in his head of four or five, six, eight, whatever seasons that this is going to go. And he's got not every single episode mapped out, but he's got a roadmap. Um, so I trust that if someone who should have died is still alive, it's for a purpose. Because uh, I can say that about all of his other shows. Anyone who's like, well, that person should have died, but they're not yet. Well, he's not done with them yet then. You know, even uh, he used episodes of Rebels to finish off character arcs he didn't get to in Clone Wars. So this is guy, he's playing the long game, and I'm cool with that. I'll be patient and wait to see where it goes. Um, supposedly, Season 2 will drop in October. Uh, still feels too far away, <laughs> even though they're still shooting right now. Uh, that's the, I thought it was August, but either way. The one. latest rumor is is sometime in October, season two will drop. Yeah, because uh, it, it comes out, and then what? Uh, Falcon and Winter, Winter Soldier. Soldier comes out in like August, and then WandaVision comes out in December. Yep. So, yeah. So, that was just 2019, and I guess we can toss in there. We're both fans of Jedi Fallen Order, the video game, um, which was a welcome return to story-driven, character-driven, action-adventure video games that I didn't have to buy any fucking loot boxes or play with any assholes online or get killed in teabag by a 12-year-old or any of that kind of shit. Yeah, it was my kind of game because it, it was reminiscent of the old Castlevania games or uh, even, um, like we've talked about before, um, goddamn, what was the one? Metroid. Drake. Uh, well, it's like Metroid. Oh, uh, Uncharted. And Uncharted, too, because it's, a, it's an action-adventure game. It's not just, you know... Uh, laser battles and everything. It doesn't feel as it doesn't feel as big and as dramatic and as scripted as the Force Unleashed, but it did have that action adventure thing where you could, where it's open world. You can revisit planets. You can unlock chests. A lot of it, yeah, it's all dress up. But um, there's a lot of cool ways to uh, ma- like to master and manipulate Force powers um, and to learn how to do those. And it gave us it, it included not only characters but species that were introduced and other things like. Um, the Jedi Master was one of the uh, species that was introduced in Rebels that wasn't in anything else. Um, there was a bunch of callbacks to that. Um, you could customize your lightsaber and all that stuff. I mean, it did have that ginger <laughs> fuck from Shameless that was the sometimes maybe Joker, sometimes maybe not. Um, but it, it was well done. It was well acted. I thought, it, like I've said it before, it, it dove into the mythos about the Inquisitors, which yeah. I thought was fantastic. Um, I wish it had done even more than it did. I know there will be a sequel. And we'll get into that later, but it was just, it was fantastic. And it was, if it wasn't the best Star Wars game ever made, it's probably the third 
after Force Unleashed and uh, Knights of the Old Republic. So that's fair. Um, it's a good company to be in. Yeah. Uh, no, every, it's the I, best one in years. Yeah, I so. back up everything you got to say. I, just, I, I love that it, it carved its own little corner out of the Star Wars universe. And even though it's telling its own story, uh, like it's not trying to like rewrite Star Wars history. Uh, it's playing its own little corner of the sandbox, but that never felt limiting. Uh, I love the stuff they did with the Inquisitors. Uh, I definitely want to see more of that. Liked it. Uh, so and they also jumped on the uh, the Mongolian heavy metal bandwagon with the Who had a song in it. And it's not the Who like the gay old British Who, but like the Who like the H U. If you don't know about them, look them up because they had a song that was in one of the. It was akin to the uh, Clone Wars, you know, uh, gladiator scene. It's where you're fighting, you know, different waves of characters and they progressively get bigger and meaner. And uh, it was awesome. That, that scene was really fucking cool because I recognized. You know, the guitar and the drum beat in the background. I'm like, God damn, that's that Mongolian band. <laughs> and, like, you watch the videos and it's weird, but, I mean, they're partnering with uh, Jacoby Shaddix and all these dudes from, like, modern-day rock and metal bands. And it's fucking cool, man. They're way better than some other niche bands. Like, uh, who's that shitty band that was nothing but cellos? Apocalyptica? Yeah, they fucking suck. <laughs> the Who, the Mongolians are where it's at, man. BDs and heavy metal. That's all there is to it's fantastic. So that was 2019. Uh, two out of three, we'll give it. <laughs> yeah, I give it two and a half, uh, maybe. That being said, we're on to so this is what I'm gonna call stuff we know is coming. The known knowns, if you will, um, and what the current, uh, as much as we do know about them. So first of all, the thing I'm most excited for, the thing that if we stop making Star Wars after this, I'll still be happy. Kenobi is finally goddamn happening. Kinda. Shut up, internet, you goddamn sons of bitches. <laughs> you jump on a story because you got nothing else to clickbait on. Kenobi is happening. The production has been pushed back. The release date has not been pushed back. <clears throat> the episode count may go down, but it's still happening. Ewan McGregor is still attached to it. It's still coming out sometime in 2021. Um, they never announced a specific date. They just said 2021, which is a smart thing to do. Um, Deborah Chow was still the showrunner. She was the one who directed uh, a few episodes of uh, Mandalorian, and now she's the showrunner. Um, they're bringing on some new writers to punch up the scripts. Uh, apparently, they they wanted to fine tune them a bit more. Uh, some reports said that there was some of them were too similar to the Mandalorian, uh, which is sort of like a no shit. Uh, Mandalorian is the Mandalorian trying to protect Baby Yoda. Apparently, at least one or two episodes of this was Kenobi on Tatooine trying to protect baby Luke. You Just do it! You do it! Yeah. It's who, part of the story. Fucking who, yeah. do it. First of all, yes, that. Who gives a shit if it's too similar? If you're going to steal, steal from the best. Um, and second of all, you didn't see the similarities between that until now? Really? Uh, but whatever, it's still we'll happening. Uh, I'm still psyched about it. That's about all we know, really. Uh, it'll take place between episodes three and four, which is the big unexplored. Uh, um, and I can't wait to see Ewan McGregor come back to this role just because he was the best thing about the prequels. And I'd love to see him get some better material to sink his teeth into. Um, really? He was better than Samuel L. Jackson as Mace Windu? Yes. Okay, that's fair. I just wanted to hear you say it. I agree with you. <laughs> but you said it. Yes. Yes, he was in those movies. Purple motherfucker! <laughs> Purple rain! Uh, along those lines, we also have Clone Wars Season 7, which actually debuts next week, I think. Two weeks from now? It's fu- this is fucking weird. So, yeah. Filoni 
<laughs> gets to bring it back. And I get it. But it, Clone Wars in itself is a conundrum wrapped up in an enigma <laughs> covered in ham. Because it's just weird because it's not... None of the episodes are chronological. IGN had to go through and like... The, the episodes are all over the fucking place. Just like you said, there's the, the weird fucking movie that's like four episodes. It's on. It was on Netflix forever and now it's on Disney Plus, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't make any fucking sense. You had like a six-year hiatus. We had Rebels in the middle of it. It's bouncing around. I'm not saying I'm not excited about it because I know that the majority of it's going to be centered around Asaka Tano and how she changed her lightsabers from red to yellow or white or whatever they fucking want it to be now and how and why she was never admitted to the Jedi Council or as a Jedi Knight. One or the other. She got... I've read... It was in the comics and well, I know so, they addressed some of it but they're yeah. going to dive deeper into that. So she, like, she leaves the order at the end of the current Clone Wars last season um, and then... Uh, there's a novel that addresses where she gets her new lightsabers from. But the biggest thing I'm excited about, and you're right, yes. Yeah. So Clone Wars is an anthology series. Um, the episodes that are multi-parters are chronological, but from like storyline to storyline, it kind of jumps around in that time period. You can go look up the chronological order to watch them in. Scott Cox is doing that. I wanted him to come talk about that, but he's not here. I got um, through like the first four seasons, and it was just, oh, god damn. But, My finger got tired from the remote. <laughs> that's fair. The the biggest thing that I'm excited about is this is going to cover the Imperial Siege of Mandalore. Oh. Which will directly tie into the Mandalorian. Because there are certain things in Mandalore. So in, in the Mandalorian, uh, Mando says you can never take off your helmet. If you ever take off, as a Mandalorian, if you ever take off your helmet in front of somebody else, you can never put it back on. That's a, a part of their creed. Uh, they also established that Mandalorians are not a species, it's a culture. Okay, cool. These are all things that up until The Mandalorian have not been the case. If you watch Rebels, if you watch uh, Clone Wars, the Mandalorians take their helmets off all the goddamn time. In front of everybody. <laughs> so then it makes me wonder, like, are these factions, because you got, what is it, like the Death... Not the Death Dealers, it's the Death... Death stuff, Watch. The Death Watch, yeah. And fucking everybody from Vader to Darth Maul to somebody else has been in charge of the Death Watch. And all this crazy shit, like, I get the idea of making it a faction. That's kind of fucking cool. I like it. And then you have, do you have, like, neo-traditionalists, like the Mandalorian? Well, then... Or do you have the fucking uh, crazy liberal fucking Mandalorians? <laughs> Is that what we're going to fucking call them? See, even in, in Clone Wars, the, the Man Mandalore, the planet, is uh, has, is very... Um, uh, I can't think of words. Tribal. That's not the right thing I'm looking for. Clan. They're all clans. Uh, the Fett clan. Um, Sabine Ray Ren is part of the... Or not Ren. Sabine. What the fuck is Sabine? It is Ren. Yeah, Sabine Ren is Clan Ren. Uh, we, we've met uh, Clan Vizsla, which is the inheritors of the Darksaber. Um, so we, we know that before the Mandalorian, it was very clan-based. Post uh, uh, whatever happened... Uh, in the Mandalorian, clans don't seem to matter so much. It's about being the Mandalorian. So I'm hoping some of that is going to be addressed because, again, these are all shows made by Filoni. This is all Dave Filoni's giant tapestry of Star Wars uh, stuff. I'm waiting for him to address how we go from the Mandalorians that we see in Clone Wars and Rebels to the new Mandalorian culture hiding out that we see in the Mandalorian. Um, I'm hoping, anyway. So my biggest question for season two of The Mandalorian, did Mando bang that Twi'lek with his helmet on? Absolutely. 
Because that was the whole thing. Because that's Tonks <laughs> and uh, Olsha yep. from Game of Thrones. Yeah. And uh, they there's definitely some sexual tension there. They probably fucked. More than likely. Almost definitely. It definitely happened. He has a little pink baby left, somewhere. He left the helmet on. And I dig it. I dig the Julie, fucking the dedication. This is the way. <laughs> I have spoken, bitch. The helmet stays on. Uh... So yeah, Clone Wars, it's 12 episodes, it starts February 17th, um, I'm really excited, I'm sure they're going to do a one episode a week bullshit because they want you to keep watching, but whatever. Fucking Disney Plus. But whatever, we're getting the new Clone Wars and I love that. Uh, the next series we know is coming at some point, may begin shooting this year, um, Cassian Andor is getting his own series, the, I guess, hero from Rogue One? I mean, is the same dude playing it? Yes, so we've okay. confirmed... Uh, Diego Luna and Alan Tudyk is returning as K2SO. Oh, that'd be cool. I'm probably more excited about Alan than Cassian yeah. Andor. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he did come off as like a super spy, and as long as it's short, as long as it's like one or two seasons, I'll be down for it. Because I don't want it to be like five years of us flirting around, and then that, then we end up. With him dying. Yeah, and, and that's... that's going to be fucking bullshit. That and Kenobi both have the, the issue of we know how their story ends, so we know this is just like a midpoint in the story, so we can't change things too much. Uh, so yeah, I definitely think the character leaves more to be explored, especially if we're going to go back into more of like the early days of the Rebellion. Because uh, he, he hints at that throughout Rogue One, and we never really get that filled... Ugh, never really get filled in. So I think I'm with you. If it's a limited like 8 to 12 episodes... Uh, just exploring his background and, and leading up to when they sent him to go pick up, um, Jen or so. yeah, Jen or so. Cool. Uh, I'm really excited to get more K2SO because K2SO was the best fucking character in that whole movie. Um, he was awesome. Alan Tudyk always plays a great robot. So wait, who? <laughs> Talking of sassy droids, who's better, K2SO or the? Uh... The chick from Fleabag that's on Solo. No, it talks sorry. about if you're talking sassy droids, the best droid in Star Wars is Chopper from Rebels. <sighs> Fight me. I the only, <laughs> I mean the only reason I, I I Chopper's the best droid ever. If I could understand droid knees or whatever it is, <laughs> then it would be R two D two because he's been sass mouthing C three PO for forty Day years. One. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, I, watch, I went back and watched Solo, and I, I it gets better every time I watch it. It's actually really fun. Great movie. Criminally says. underrated. Yeah. yeah, fight me, because that movie is good. If you um, didn't go see Solo because you were mad at Last Jedi, you're only hurting yourself, you dumb motherfuckers. Yeah, you were stupid, and you should punch yourself in the face, because it's it's fantastic. When I bought my new TV and hooked up Netflix, that was the very first thing I watched was Solo, and it's fantastic. Um, but that droid who talks about, like... <laughs> Leading the droid rebellion, Leading the droid rebellion yeah. and rising up against uh, Slayer. But she becomes the navigational computer inside the Millennium Falcon, yep. which is all, she's part of the ship now. Like, that's just a fucking cool character. Uh, but it's weird. And it, it was so funny because it's a chick from Fleabag, and I can totally uh, see her yeah. as that droid now. So uh, No, so this will blow your mind. Uh, they revealed for the last season of Rebels who voiced Chopper the entire season, or the entire series, Dave Filoni. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> that fucking asshole. <laughs> Voiced. You you had a fucking sound effects pad and you were just pressing buttons, you yep. dick. Because Dave Filoni is awesome. Fuck you, Dave Filoni. Let's have a beer. <laughs> <laughs> so that is what we know is coming. Oh, no. Oh, sorry. Back that up. Back that up. We got one more. Sorry. 
So, Kenobi, Cassie, and Andor getting series Clone Wars as Season 7 is about to drop. This is the one that gets me excited because it's a very much unknown. Um, sorry, my own notes are messing up. So, okay, no, that, that's what we know is coming and what we know. This is going to be a little more behind the scenes. We know a little bit, but not a lot. First of all, Kevin Feige... As of September of 2019. Feige? Feige. Whatever. Instead of, it's not beige, it's Feige. Kevin Feige uh, (laughs) will be doing something Star Wars. Uh, This is a quote. Will be uh, something with a new wave of Star Wars content following the conclusion of the Skywalker saga. Uh, Is this one movie? Is this a trilogy? Is this a series? No idea. But just to have that name mentioned in the same breath as Star Wars, I think is a good idea. Um, we talked about our biggest problem with the sequels, uh, sequel trilogy was lack of a plan. Uh, if you're trying to hire a man with a plan, it's Kevin Feige. Feige. Uh, because he clearly knows how to plan out, uh, multiple movie arcs and build towards something big. Uh, I have no idea what he's doing, but whatever it is, I'm excited for. (laughs) He's counting money is what he's doing. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I'd love to see him doing the next trilogy, even if he's just like the producer behind it. Uh, just to know that someone who knows how to do this and someone who has a steady hand is guiding the next bunch of movies. So there will be one, hopefully, overarching you know storyline with one voice kind of guiding it, even if each chapter gets its own flavor with a different director. Um, it's what we really needed for the sequel. You know, say what you will about the prequels. They are at least one man's vision. They are consistent, even though it's consistently bad. Uh, consistent from episodes one to two to three. Uh, characters, you know, don't suddenly make random decisions, and they are, don't feel like different people from movie to movie. Uh, there's a consistency to it. And you know, Lucas on the original trilogy, even though he didn't direct all three, he produced all of them. So there was that consistency, that steady guiding hand, and I think that's what we really missed uh, with the new uh, sequel trilogy. So if nothing else. Put Kevin Feige in charge of producing these movies. Um, God, get him and Kevin Feige, or yes, God damn it. get Kevin Feige and um, I can't too many names. Filoni, uh, Filoni, Feige and Filoni. Feige and Filoni. There you go. Put those two motherfuckers together and give them a trilogy. But wait, when? How is Feige going to have time when he's doing the Marvel universe as well? I don't know. Is being a producer that goddamn easy that you literally just walk in? You throw a dart at the board and you're like, oh, let's name him Borok Pichu and he's going to be like a, a little monkey. And then that you get a producer credit? When you, ha- really when you, you have as much clout as Kevin Feige, yes, that's exactly how it is. Feige. <laughs> it's my new favorite color, Feige. Uh, Kevin, Kevin Feige could walk into a room and literally pull a plot out of his ass and it would get greenlit for a $200 million budget right now because he's the golden boy. Um, so we know that's coming. Uh Dates have been set for Star Wars movies in 2022, 2024, 2026. Will those dates be honored? Is yet to be seen. Uh, they've also, you know, Disney has said they're going to cool off with the, the, the movies for a while. Um, which, that being said, if a movie is going to come out in 2022, in 2020, we might not hear much. But if you're not up and running on that by 2021... Things are going to be uh, not so good. So what movies are going to be coming out during those years on those dates? We don't know. But here's what we do kind of maybe know. 
Benioff and Weiss are out. Um, D&D, the guys behind Game of Thrones, initially announced to be doing an entire new trilogy. A f- couple months after that, pretty pretty much right after uh, Game of Thrones stopped, they signed a, an exclusive, like $250 million exclusive deal with, I want to say Netflix. Um, so they're out. They're not doing Star Wars anymore. Uh, before that even, uh, right before Last Jedi dropped, it was announced Ryan Johnson was going to be doing a new trilogy. <laughs> Um, fuck you Ryan Johnson (laughs) the latest update on that was November of last year Uh, it looks like the project is kind of in limbo it hasn't officially been cancelled but we never really knew what the hell it was to begin with other than Ryan Johnson doing a trilogy get woke go broke motherfucker (laughs) Uh, I don't hate the idea of him doing a, a trilogy if it's hey do whatever you want and especially if we're done with the Skywalker saga then it won't necessarily feel like every movie has so much weight and so much importance on it. If it's if he's getting to go play in his own corner of the Star Wars world, sort of like Mandalorian does, I don't hate that idea, but that seems to be very much up in limbo right now. We don't know what that's going on. Uh, we don't know what that was going to be. It hasn't officially been canceled. It hasn't officially been like greenlit dates set yet, so we don't know. Um, then we have, and this is a big rumor, uh, just announced less than a month ago, Taika Waititi is in talks to do a Star Wars movie. The genius behind Jojo Rabbit and Thor Ragnarok. Um, he's hot right now. He's got a... Uh, him doing a Star Wars movie would definitely be a unique movie. My only ask is that if Taika Waititi does one, or when he does one, that it centers around Kashyyyk. I think him doing, doing a fucking Wookiee movie would be fantastic. Uh, he did direct the final episode of Mandalorian, and he voiced IG-11 in Mandalorian, so mm-hmm. he's not totally outside of the Star Wars uh, uh, world. But he has such a unique voice in everything he does. Uh, I don't. What know. we do in the shadows is so criminally underrated yes. that I just I want to slap people when they don't know what I'm talking about. That movie is fantastic. The movie, and I hear the yeah, show the is show's fantastic good. as well. The uh, show, the, the, to go off topic, because it's this show... Uh, what we do in the shadows, the TV show, is in the same world as the movie, but it follows a different set of vampires, which is like the perfect way to do this show because it has that same sense of humor but new cast. Yep. And the, the cast from the movie does show up in the show at a certain point. Uh, it's it's great if you like the show, watch or if you like the movie, watch the show. Love the movie. But so uh, yeah, I don't know what a uh, Star Wars Taika Waititi movie would be like, but I can't wait to see it. Um, yeah, if it's him doing Wookies, sure, I'll watch that. Um, then our last big thing, and this falls into what I'm calling behind-the-scenes uh, category of Star Wars. I'm trying to stay away from Julian because I want to make sure I'm out of swinging distance. Kathleen Kennedy. I don't hate that bitch as much as everybody else does. I think she's stupid. Um I'd still bang her though because of how her, how deep her fingers are in Star Wars. If I because I I can't bang Erwin Kirshner obviously because he's dead. Um, I don't want to bang George Lucas because I'm not into fat lesbians. Um, Carrie Fisher's dead. Harrison Ford might as well be dead. Uh, none of the other people love Star Wars. So yeah, I mean I would bang her. You would Is bang that Mark weird? Hamill. Fuck Mark Hamill, dude. Okay. That dude's such a whiny bitch. He wouldn't he wouldn't bang me because I'm a Republican. Oh okay. Yeah, he hates Trump more than just about anybody. So. So, fuck you, Mark Hamill. Kathleen? The guy Ken- was bullshit. Aww. We've talked about that. I like the guy, though. 
God of War 2 is better. God of War 2 Dark Hero. Yeah. Yeah. I just love how much they bend over backwards on the cover of Giver to try to make you think Mark Hamill is the Giver. Yeah, and he's not. No, not at all. Um, Talk about the old bait and switch, (laughs) fucker. Kathleen Kennedy, the current head of Lucasfilm, uh, she signed an agreement extension through 2021. She's overseen every Disney Star Wars thing, every post-George Lucas Lucasfilm project she's ostensibly been in charge of. Um, That being said, and we can go on this. I, I don't hate Kathleen Kennedy. I'm with you on that. Uh, I think she's done a good job as a producer. And if you look at her her credits before taking over Lucasfilm, I think she's done exactly what you can expect her to do, which is she has she's found talented directors and, for the most part, talented writers and great new upcoming talent, uh, people who haven't quite yet broken become huge famous stars yet, put them all together and trusted them to come up with a cool product. That's what a producer normally does. The problem is Kathleen Kennedy is not a creative producer. She's not like Kevin Feige where he's in the room pitching story ideas. Her job is I put these great writers and these awesome directors together and trusted them to come up with a product, which normally is exactly what you want a producer to do is keep you on, on the rails but not you know not push you in one direction or the other. I think that's how you got Last Jedi. She found a director she really believed in and and let him make his movie. And whether you love it or hate it, that is that is a very Ryan Johnson movie. Force Awakens is a very J.J. Abrams movie. That's a not a bad quality for a producer. But with a, a license like Star Wars, you want somebody who gets involved on the creative end so you don't end up with a giant clusterfuck. Which is what we got with the new trilogy. Where literally one director would do one thing and the next director would come along and rather than picking up that baton and carrying it forward would say, yeah, I don't want to do that. We're going to redo this. We're going to retcon this. We're going to forget that. We're going to ignore this. We're going to rewrite in that. Uh, Last Jedi made a big deal of Rey's no one. Her parents aren't from any famous lineage. She's, She's no one who rose up to become the next, you know, the last Jedi. One of the few things in that movie I really, really loved was that story point. J.J. Abrams comes along and goes, yeah, I don't like that. We're going to make our Palpatine now. You can't do that. Because what happens is nothing fucking matters between movie to movie to movie anymore. Again, I hate to go back to this well, but look at Marvel. Granted, they're not perfect. There have been some plot holes and some things that don't quite line up. But for the most part, across 22 movies, things are very consistent. Because there's a creative producer kind of guiding things. Well, you can't do that because that'll that'll, uh, go against what we did in this movie. Well, you can't do that because it breaks the rules we set in this movie. You know, someone to guide it like that. So my big question is, if the rumors are true and if Kathleen Kennedy is stepping down... When her con- current contract ends at the end of 2021, who should take over? I mean, there's no question. It's got to be Filoni. It has to be. He's the only guy with the chops, the understanding of the product, the love for the product, and the vision to take it through the next 10 years. I love uh, Favreau, but he needs to stay behind the camera. I want him to keep writing and directing yeah, yeah. and shooting shows whether it's TV shows or it's movies, whatever it is, Favreau needs to be your go-to guy. You need to start with him, number one. But Filoni needs to be your guiding light. Um, he's got to be your anchor through all of this. Because, again, Kathleen Kennedy, she's been around. She's just a hanger-on from Spielberg and Lucas. Like, she was there for E.T., Jurassic Park, all the fucking Indiana Jones, like, all the fucking movies that they were involved in, she was right there with them. 
I get that. You're throwing a bone to your girl. She's been there. She's been loyal. She's done everything you've ever asked her to. She's been pretty successful with it. But she doesn't have the love for Star Wars that Filoni does. Filoni, that's all he does is Star Wars. He doesn't do anything else. That's it. He looks like Robert Rodriguez. Yes. But all he does, yes, he does. is he lives, breathes, eats, shits, and dies Star Wars. That's it. That's all and, he does. His wolves, entire life and is dedicated wolves and to Star Wars. Yeah, that's all he does. He's dedicated to Star Wars. And that's who you want. That's who your number one, your guiding light should be. He should be in charge of everything. And he should be have the final way, final say on everything. His fingers should be in everything Star Wars does going forward because he's been successful. I don't give a fuck what anybody says that he's only done animated shit. I don't give a fuck. Everything he's done has been solid. Not anymore, bitch. Yeah. Suck it, nerds. He's even got a can, uh, cameo in Mandalorian. So he's yeah. on screen He's now. in there. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's all up with the With our boys from the 501st. Uh, <laughs> but he's, he's the one guy that I trust above and beyond. Uh, he's... It's who should be, and if it's not him, it should be Favreau because he's got the chops, he's got the Marvel connection, he's got the writing, directing, and acting connection. Um, he's yeah. obviously your, your he's second choice. Disney's golden boy because yeah. everything he's put up for Disney's made a billion dollars. Yeah, the dude can do no wrong. Yeah, so if those, those are your only two options, if you have to, if you go outside of those two, you're fucking up. So I want to play devil's advocate Other than for us. a minute. If they gonna, can, yes, we could roll by committee. You, me, and you could run. Lucasfilms, and we would be just fine. For half of whatever you pay Kathleen Kennedy. I'll take that. Uh, Two-thirds. Okay, whatever. <laughs> uh, play devil's advocate for a minute. What if... Call me crazy. Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> no, I wasn't, gonna go that, uh, wasn't going that far outside. Uh, what if they brought in George Lucas? Fuck George Lucas. <laughs> Fuck the midichlorians. George had his chance. <laughs> he got paid like $90 billion or whatever it was. When $4 they billion. $4 billion, whatever. No man who tried to destroy a franchise should get $4 billion. Okay, okay, okay. And he did. He didn't He didn't want to do it anymore. He lost his love for Star Wars. I get it. He didn't want to do it anymore. He was burnt out. He wanted to do uh, E.T. 3 or whatever the fuck <laughs> he was working on. And uh, uh, Indiana Jones 5 and all this other bullshit. I get it. It's fine. Do whatever you want to do. Leave Star Wars alone because your ideas were stupid. Well. You had one good idea. You had one. <laughs> you had the lightning in the bottle and you tried to kill it and nerds like us wouldn't let you. So then we took it from you and the world is better for it. Because I don't know what god awful abortion of a trilogy we would have gotten allowing him. I would let his daughter. You could. Yeah. What's her name? I can't even remember her name. But I would let his daughter get the control of uh star wars before i'd let he did George so Lucas. when when he sold it he did give basically notes on what his 789 would be uh they didn't use any of them uh for the most part but he had some not terrible ideas in they there. pulled a pelosi they up. ripped him up and wiped their ass with him <laughs> that's timely and political uh, i do feel like if you get feloni running it lucas is going to come back and and by that i mean people are actually going to fucking listen to george lucas I think that's maybe, again, in hindsight, I think one of the biggest thing, uh, bigger issues of the sequel trilogy is, and I'm not saying you have to do everything George says verbatim, but completely throwing out the story notes of the guy who created the trilogy, the entire IP, maybe not such a good idea. I'm not saying do whatever George says verbatim, but take George's ideas and build upon them. Because that's what David Filoni did for years on Clone Wars. When when George would throw out a, a random idea like, hey, uh, Darth Maul, he's, he's not dead. Bring him back. And Dave Filoni would say, uh, okay, George. 
and figure out how to make that work. And goddamn if he didn't make that work. Yeah, but then he's also got some pea brain ideas like kill Chewbacca with a moon. Like, how fucking stupid is that? That was a book. I don't care. That wasn't Lucas. It still came from George. Lucas gave that guy the idea. Because in the interview, because I read about it, he even said George came to him and is like, you've got one thing. I want you to kill Chewbacca. He's like, build a story around it. Okay. And the guy's like, are you fucking kidding me? How do you kill, like, the biggest, baddest fucking dude in the universe? Because he's ripping arms off of dudes. He's he's got the bolt caster. It's Chewbacca. You squash him with the sun. That's how. Yeah. 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 You drop a moon on him. There you go. Uh, again, I'm not saying take everything he says verbatim. Minichlorians! God damn it! <laughs> and Julian's left the room. Uh, you, Fuck! You take what he's got and mitigate it. Make it work. Don't just throw everything out. Uh, uh, you know, just don't, don't toss out the baby with the bathwater. Don't toss out baby Yoda with the bathwater. That's what I'm trying to say. In charge. Now that she's been through, we'll say, the worst of times... <laughs> Has she learned enough lessons she can continue on Star Wars from this point forward? Do we trust her now? Does a woman ever really learn a lesson? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) So, it's not really a fair assessment because this is the end of the movies and they're not planning any more movies for a while. Supposedly. Yeah, so I know there's the thought about the the Boba Fett movie until Mandalorian shit all over it and George shit all over it. Um... So, as of right now, we have no movies on the horizon. There are no, yeah, currently there are no motion pictures announced that we know of, other than, like I said, those those uh, very random, very uh, non-specific release dates of 2022, 2024, and 2026. Yeah. Uh, what will fill those spots? We have no idea. Will it be a trilogy or just three random Star Wars movies? No idea. And I think, honestly, we won't hear anything until next year. I think this is very much going to be the year of let's get our shit together. We weathered the storm of this thrown together sequel trilogy that split the fandom. How can we repair things going forward? And Bob Iger even said, I think like yesterday, uh, for the foreseeable future, your big Star Wars things are going to be on Disney Plus streaming. They're going to be TV, not necessarily movies. Yeah, so therefore, we may never know if Kathleen Kennedy learned her lesson. We may not. Because she, like we said, just because she's in charge of Lucas Films doesn't mean that she's in charge of Disney or Star Wars or anything. Like she's at, she's in one finger of the Star Wars universe, so she's all for major cinematic events. She doesn't have anything to do with the TV shows, Clone Wars, anything like that. So, I, how will we know? We won't know until the next movie. Honestly, we won't know until I don't know the Boba Fett movie or whatever comes out next. Whatever so, it happens to be. I hope. Chances are she won't be around, but I don't know. Okay. I'm saying no. I'm saying she, her and Ryan Johnson are finger-blessing each other, uh, wearing <laughs> pussy hats, and they're just, God knows what they're going to try and do next. There's and an image. It's just, it, it bothers me. It doesn't bother me, but it aggravates me that, like we mentioned earlier, you you turn all these people that love Star Wars against it. Like, Daisy Ridley doesn't want anything else to do with it. Uh, John Boyega doesn't want it. I'm pretty sure you could get Oscar Isaac back because he's a whore. He'll do anything for money. He was fucking that half-ass apocalypse. So he'll do anything for money. But just all these major characters that you could take off and do one-off movies or origin stories or you know the adventures of um, any kind of TV show or anything like that with them, they're just refusing to do. So I think she's burnt so many bridges that unless they come back with Unless the Obi-Wan Kenobi show 
just blows it out of the water like the Mandalorian has, unless Clone Wars, you know, uh, just destroys everything like it, I think it will. Uh, she's basically just an afterthought. Like they're going to okay. forget about her in a couple years. Her contract's going to run out. She's going to take. She's like sixty six. Um, she's just going to take her money. She's going to ride off into the sunset. Uh, she'll never have to work again. I just don't think it's going to. It doesn't matter if she's learned her lesson or not. She's cashing okay. checks, and uh, she's just going to be sitting out wiping her ass with like gold-plated or gold-flecked toilet paper. So. Well, I'm with you. I think the obvious choice is Dave Filoni, and I would, I would cream Freddie Prince Jr. Cream my nerdy pants if they announced that he was taking over in 2021 when her contract is up, because of everything you said. He's he's a, an amazing creative mind. Uh, he's he's great with the, this entire IP. I'd love to see him get the entire universe. And there's my goddamn dog barking in the background. Because we're a professional show around here. Tell him! We're in a completely soundproof studio yep. with a mixing table and a beer girl and everything. Like, yep. Don't let our amateur photography <sighs> showcase what we aren't. So, yeah, I would love Dave Filoni to take over. That being said, uh, I don't know. It's interesting. I, I feel like if they were totally behind Kennedy... It would have been more than a two-year extension. Well, uh, when you're at that level, though, like you got to think about like even NFL general managers and stuff. Those dudes stick around for two or three years at a time. They then they start playing the one-year, two-year max extensions. If things are going great, they're cool. If not, they bounce and they go to another team. She could end up going. Um, she may get, be done with Star Wars and working solely on Indiana Jones or the next Jurassic Park or something like that. She She's not in. getting out of the business. I wouldn't be surprised if she ended up taking over some executive position with another Disney company. Yeah. Because uh, then you can spin that as, as a way to kind of maybe save face a bit. Is, is She's leaving Lucasfilm, but she's taking an even bigger position with the larger the parent company. Yep. Um, but I think as far as winning back the graces of fans, put Filoni in charge of, of Lucasfilm, you'll win back a lot of good... Uh, goodwill from the fans on that end but whoever is in charge of this shit the question we're, we're gonna get to and the question we're gonna end the show with today is what do you want from star wars mm. is there a, a movie a show a game or what what do you as a fan want out of star wars this is a great question and i've thought about this a lot uh, because when you pose a question of what is the current state of star wars and I honestly think that the future is streaming, it's television, it's not going to be the, the tentpole movies that it's been. So what do I want out of it? I want, honestly, we're getting it, but I would love a live action Asaka Tano movie. Um, I would also, I want Knights of the Old Republic. I want Keanu Reeves to be Darth Revan. God, yeah. And I think if you can pull that off, if Kathleen Kennedy, if that was the next movie, the next movie was Knights of the Old Republic, and we went back way 2,000 years ago, and we did that. And we got Keanu Reeves to be in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. I could die happy. That, so I want that. I take back a soccer tanner. I want well, Keanu Reeves as Darth Revan. Mm -hmm. And I want, I want Darth Bane. I want a Darth Bane TV show. Because I've told, oh, we've okay. talked about this plenty of times. Like the Darth Bane trilogy about uh, the rule of two and how he recentered the, the vision of the Sith. I think that. We've showcased with movies that have anti-heroes, borderline villains, like Breaking Bad yeah. and other TV shows. We've shown that the bad guys are popular. So I think Darth Bane is the perfect jumping off point if you don't want to go Darth Revan or Especially anybody else. Especially he's, he's... Bane is... Listen, if I'm thinking of the right person, I'm thinking of... Is Revan the guy that has the 
purple saber and the red saber. Yes, that's okay. right. So okay. he's not okay. the old okay. republic. I think Bane is around the same time, yeah. or maybe a little pre that because well, he's the one. He honestly, Bane is so interesting because he killed all the Sith. Like the Sith had developed into all these major factions and all this other crap. And you heard Yoda talk about the rule of two with his why there was always Darth Sidious and his apprentice. And Bane is the one that started that. Bane said there should be two Sith. There right. should be the, the, the Sith Lord and his apprentice, and that's it. There's no other true Sith. Everybody else are just peons in the grand scheme of things. If you go back to that and you start with the Darth Bane uh, trilogy and then build off of that, that is the f- best jumping off point because he's not really he's not truly a villain. He hates the Jedi, but for good reason. He hates um, the Sith for good reason. And I just think he's great. he's almost like Lobo. He's a great anti-hero. He's not good. He's not bad. He's just doing what he does. But then he ends up becoming like the baddest villain in the universe. And his trials and tribulations. I think you could do you could take the three books, turn that into maybe a two, maybe three season, maybe four season TV show, and that would be phenomenal. If you find the right person, because Bane's kind of a big uh-huh. imposing figure, and then his is. It's a super. If anybody that hasn't read it, like I know it's part of expanded universe and it's not canon and all this shit now, but check it out. It's fucking well, that's really good. Something that has been fun to watch. So when Disney took over, they they took all of the expanded universe and tossed it out. So this is all legends now. None of this is current canon. And they've but since then they've slowly been working things back into canon. Stuff like uh, Admiral Thrawn, who was the uh, major villain from the Thrawn uh, um, trilogy of novels, which there's now a new Thrawn trilogy of novels. Mm-hmm. Uh, but th- they've worked that back in. Uh, that's been fun to see how they work these things back into current canon. Um, I'd love to see more of that. I have a very general idea. I want to see them, now that the Skywalker saga is done, cool, be fucking done with it. I don't want to hear the name Skywalker or Palpatine uh, or solo ever again for a long time. Mm. Separate yourself from okay. this thirty-year period that has been well worn. Uh, I don't want to see once the Clone Wars season seven is done. I want to be done with the Clone Wars. I want to be done with the Empire. Either go down the future path of of following uh, Ray and the the New Republic and and you know build that or. Like you said, go even further into the past because Old Republic is what two thousand years or something like that before like that, yeah. we get to anything we recognize from the original trilogy. Go either so far forward or so far back that you don't have to be saddled with stormtroopers and Death Stars and and the Rebellion and the Resistance and all the shit we already know. Get away from that. Yeah. Give me a corner of the universe that is untouched. Give me some some pure white virgin snow that I can trample all over. Uh, give me that, something set in the era of Knights of the Old Republic. Maybe not necessarily that exact story. Uh, but give me an era of Star Wars that is untouched. And that the people you're going to bring in. Your Taika Waititi, your Kevin Kevin Feige. Feige. Is just, uh, uh, whatever directors, producers, you know, you, whoever you're bringing in to make and, and tell these stories. Give them a clear canvas where i don't have to tie this in 
uh, to this other thing where I don't have to make my movie sync up with the beginning of the next movie, uh, where I don't have to worry about killing off a character because we know they're going to be around uh, in 30 years in this prequel movie. Just give us a clean canvas to paint on and let storytellers tell really cool, compelling stories. Uh, I'd love to see delving more into the history of the Sith and the Jedi because, again, a lot of that has not been recanonized. We, we're still going off of what we know of from before uh, Disney took over because Disney hasn't given us a lot of new information about that yet. So there's a perfect awesome, if you want your Jedi, I would, I would cream my dirty pants if we saw a giant Lord of the Rings-esque battle between Sith and Jedi at some point in the history of, because we, again, from, from Legends, that shit happened. We don't know if that happened in the current canon because we haven't. They haven't said it hasn't, so maybe it still has. But like, you know, people keep pitching stuff about characters we already know, like a Boba Fett movie. Uh, okay, yeah, you could probably make some money off that, but I don't give a fuck about Boba Fett. Uh, I, 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 as much as I'm excited for my Kenobi show because I fucking love Kenobi, I think casting Andor is an interesting character. But like, stop doing prequels. Stop doing backstories for characters who are already dead. Stop taking random characters and giving them, you know, spin-off stuff when their story's already boxed in. I'd love to see, if you want to take a, take a character and expand on them, show us what Rey does after Rise of Skywalker. Show us what, does Finn go on to, to lead a, a, you know, rebellion of stormtroopers? And just, uh, does Poe, what do those characters do now that, the saga is over now that their path isn't boxed in by a specific ending what do they do or like i said go even even before that i want to see us unsaddled by the the other two trilogies i don't want i want not i don't want to see anything where we have to have it end a certain way because this character ends up doing this in such and such movie like just just get away from all that shit uh and and stop taking us back to that like as much as i love solo we know the end of his story there's only so much you can do uh and i'd still love to see a sequel to solo uh they set up some cool ideas like i'd like to see him play out but even then like okay so they tease that darth maul is the guy running the criminal empire that his girlfriend's working for crimson dawn yeah cool awesome except i know what happens to maul so there's only so much you can do with that story yeah, because you don't, you can't set up any. There's no feeling of dread. There's no, there's no tension. You're never worried. There's no tension. There's no uh, anticipation because you know he's going to live. Whatever happens in that movie, he's going to survive because he goes on to do Clone Wars. He goes on to do Episode One. He gets cut in half, Rebels but he comes back yeah. to life. Yeah. You know, it's just we know. Just like you said, we know the story, and it's hard to make it interesting when you know that he's not going to die. How do you yeah? How do you create tension? How do you there's, make me care about a character that's not going to die? Too much importance on on going and taking characters that we sort of already know and fleshing them out more. And then there's that 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 desire for them to take a character people already know and say, hey, they're getting. And again, I know I'm a hypocrite because I fucking can't wait for Kenobi, uh, which is like everything that I'm saying I don't want, but I do want because it's my character. So just ignore all that. Um, don't think about it. <laughs> That's just just Star Wars, don't think about it. Just go with it. Uh, but no, I, I want... Give us new characters that we don't know their story, that we don't know their heritage, that aren't saddled with, with stuff that's already come before or stuff we know is going to come after. Uh, again, whether that's 10,000 years in the past or 
50 years from the end of Rise of Skywalker. However you want to do it, I don't give a shit. But give us stories, that give us new characters, give us uh, corners and things from the Star Wars world we haven't seen before. Give us more of that. You, you took away 30-some years of expanded universe, uh, uh, filling in the gaps of the history of this universe. Fine, start filling that back in. Um, but to, I, I don't want the future of Star Wars to be every side character gets a Disney Plus show or a movie or a series or a, like I I don't care like one of the best things about Clone Wars Ahsoka Tano even though fans fucking hated that character when she first came out she's grown snips, into yeah snips you goofy little bitch <laughs> she's grown into one of the most beloved characters of the franchise uh, Rebels. Even though we know what happens to the Rebellion and the Empire, those are all characters that we had no idea what was going to happen to them. So even though they're in a time period that's kind of boxed in, the characters were new and fresh and their stories hadn't been told. Uh, they got away with it because it was Filoni and he's a genius. But even stuff like that, like, give me, give me, a, imagine a Rebels-esque series, but where we don't already know what happens to the rebellion and the empire and all that shit where it's just like their story is totally an open road yeah um that's what i want is is stop boxing yourselves in by tying everything into everything else and just fucking slap star wars on it and and give us new characters in in, in a new timeline and or not timeline but a new time era um give yourselves a blank canvas stop trying to improve upon what artists before have done and and Give us something totally new. Okay. Did, did I repeat myself enough times? No, I think you're fine. No, I totally agree. Like, give me new shit. Like, the, the best part of Mandalorian, we because it took something we were familiar with, was the Mandalorians, and then you gave us something new in Baby Yoda. You gave us something new in uh, Nick Nolte as the fucking, whatever, Ugnaught, the grunt yeah. writer. Yeah, the Ugnaught, the grunt writer. Like, you took something that we were familiar with already, and you made us care about it. Like, I get it. Like, fucking keep doing that. Keep and, doing... Like, we're past the end of the Empire and everything else. Like, we're past... And Man, well, Mando's story doesn't... Like, Man... Whatever his name is. The Mando doesn't become, like, the hero of the Rebellion. Like, we don't know what happens to this character. So even though you can, you know, have him set in a time period we're kind of familiar with, his story isn't tied into those bigger elements. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he's just on the the fringe. He's a guy trying to make his way in the world, and that's just you know the, that's the world. The dude just wants some Beskar steel so he can make some new fucking armor, man. That's all What's wrong with that? Yeah, yeah. Baby Yoda just wants to eat some goddamn swamp frogs, and we need to bang some Twi'leks. And, and that's be the done next with goddamn video game I want. Is I want a Mandalorian esque bounty hunter video game, an open world dope. where where you just like think think take all the best elements of Red Dead Redemption. Put her in the Star Wars universe. Star Wars. And instead of six shooters and horses, it's blasters and star uh, starships. What do they call grenades? They're not grenades. They're um, detonators. Yeah, thermal yeah. detonators. Thermal detonators. Yeah. What the fuck? But yeah, give me more of that. Yeah, I'd play the shit out of that. Give game. me the solo. Uh, could you imagine doing the uh, the train heist? Yes. Solo on a video shit game. Shit like How that. Yes, cool would I would love that's that. Straight out of fucking Uncharted. Yeah, that was Uncharted Four. So. That's good. the game I want. Is is let me make my own character who's like a bounty hunter or mercenary, or whatever. Yeah. And then make my way in the universe. Like, yeah. You know, upgrade, you know, buy new ships and new weapons, and and you know, recruit a crew. And if you because yeah. you know they will, EA will eat this shit up. Tons of DLC 
you know, different costumes and equipment and armor and ships and blah, 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 blah. Uh, Multiplayer where, like, you know, you and me can hook up as a crew and pull a job, shit like that. Like, come on. Yeah, if World of Warcraft can do it, why the fuck can't Star Wars? awesome. (sighs) Okay, I think that's all I had for what I wanted from Star Wars. So, the question again. Yeah. What is the state of Star Wars? The future is bright. Um, Again, we don't have any movies to worry about right now. But the TV shows, the video games, um, everything that's on the horizon is promising. We're in good hands. And we haven't even talked about uh, stuff that isn't, you know, media. We haven't talked about shit like uh, Galaxy's Edge, which I could do a whole fucking show on. But like, And we will. Yeah. Maybe from goddamn. Galaxy's oh, Edge. Oh, that's going to happen. Oh, goddamn. When we do that this year? That's going to happen. I'm going to bust a nut in every... If Captain Chris took a shit in every bathroom, I might bust a nut in every bathroom. Y'all can watch me cry tears as I built a lightsaber. I'm uh, just going to get hammered on titty milk at the Mos Eisley <laughs> Cantina. Which, I guess it's all titty milk, but the blue milk, not the green. Not the green? Yeah, the blue. Okay. Uh, I did find out the Cantina has its own cider, so yes. I'm hit that up. It's from Angry Orchard. Yeah, I've done my homework. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, we got to start buying tickets now. Star Wars is in good hands. Um, we may have stumbled out of the gate a little bit. Uh, we might have tried to do too many movies back to back to back to back, but lessons were learned, mistakes were made. We'll learn from them and hopefully not repeat them. But there's been enough great content, and in in I'd much rather see this state we're in now than it was when I was coming up in like the early '90s when all you had was some novels and comics, and then maybe Kenner would bring back some of the old toys. You know, at least we know, like, we know we're going to get more Star Wars movies. In the yeah. next three to five years, there'll be more Star Wars movies. And every time I think about that this might be a bad time to be a Star Wars fan, I think back to fanboys, because they talk about it as, like, even in the bad times, it was still good. We like all the imperfections. We like we love being able to sit here and argue about this shit, because we don't have to worry about what's going on in the real world. We can sit back and relax. These are first world problems. We can yep. sit back and relax and argue about Star Wars, about what we want to see, what we what we have, what we don't like. Uh, the changes we would make, uh, and it's just—it's a great time to be alive. There's never been more content for you to consume as a Star Wars fan than right now, because there's, like I said, all the new canon stuff coming out. You know, setting up what is and isn't canon and bringing characters back and filling in uh, gaps in the movies and stuff. You've still got the entirety of the Star Wars Legends brand. You know, thirty some years of novels and comics and fucking video games. Uh, you know, like. I've uh, I've read the I've never read the original um, uh, Han Solo trilogy. I read the first book. I didn't read the second two. So like I can go back and read those. There's a Kenobi novel that's part of the Legends series now. Again, they might take some of that for the show. They might not. Uh, but there's there's never been more content to consume. Never been more corners of the universe explored. And Disney is not just going to sit on the brand. There's going to be new shows new games, new movies. Um, what shit they'll take, we don't know. But it's going to be Star Wars. And as long as it has Star Wars on it, we're going to watch it at least once. Yeah. Yeah. I'll watch it. So with that, I think we're done for tonight. Thank you for uh, joining us on this journey. Let us know, what do you want from Star Wars? Is there a character you'd love to see more background on? Is there an uh, uh, era of Star Wars you want to see fleshed out more? Uh Shoot us what you want to see in the comments. Maybe we'll talk about it next episode. But thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for listening. And I'm going to skew our normal sign-off. And this time, because it feels appropriate, I'm just going to say, 
May the force be with you. Always. Let's go out with something really hot for these folks. A big hit out of 77. Ah, Star Wars. Nothing but Star Wars. Give me the 